Welcome to another episode of Strange Days Broadcast. The show beyond shows, the myth beyond myths, and the legend beyond legend. There is no doubt about that. Right, my friends, enjoy some information here, and we might even have just a bit of an open line. We'll get a bit blasé on this episode. I mean, why not? Let's roll. Let's roll. Roll it, Edward. sucker is actually loaded is something I wanted to play from my Antarctica brood gears as you could call it so I want to share this now listen to this during World War II the Nazis most classified project was known as Die Glock the bell secret documents found years later reveal that the bell was a new kind of exotic energy technology that could affect time and defy gravity. In 1939, the Nazis set up a secret base in Antarctica known as New Schwabia. Starting in 1945, Operation Paperclip secretly brought hundreds of Nazi scientists into America where they were hired by the military industrial complex. In 1946, Admiral Richard Byrd led a military expedition known as Operation High Jump to seek out Nazi base New Schwabia and other Antarctica bases. On his way back to the U.S., Admiral Byrd told Chilean newspaper El Mercurio that in the event of a new war, the U.S. would be facing military craft that can fly from one pole to the other with incredible speed. In 1959, a dozen nations signed the Antarctic Treaty, making... 
Oh, if this ain't your cup of tea, it goes for um, shit, six minutes. I think. Yeah, it goes for about six, six, seven minutes. So yeah, you can forward. Just letting you know. It illegal for anyone to travel south of the 60th parallel without government permission. Since then, curious videos have circulated that show what appear to be Nazi UFOs. And just last Monday, Dr. Stephen Greer introduced Antarctica whistleblower Eric Hecker. In 2010, I was selected to go down to the South Pole Station in Antarctica for an entire year by Raytheon Polar Services as an employee of a third-party contractor for the National Science Foundation. I function in a dual-role capacity as a tradesman and a firefighter. My responsibilities required me to be more informed than most of my crew and offered me complete access to the facilities. What I learned from this unique experience needs to be shared with the entire world. The technology at the South Pole Station certainly can do what it is presented as its primary purposes, and unfortunately, much more. The IceCube Neutrino Detector is presented as a passive listening device for the purposes of the science as presented. But I'm going to skip right through the chase, folks. Uh, I have provided documentation that proves that the 5,160, what they call DOMs, that are embedded in the ice can actually transmit at 2,047 volts each. That gives us a long list of things to consider. It is effectively a multifaceted directed energy weapons platform that I will uh, list rapidly a few things that it can do. Vehicle detection. We're learning that these off-world craft, on-world craft, ours or other nations are also emitting neutrinos. So this makes the South Pole Station effectively an air traffic control station for this new level of equipment that nobody's discussing. In addition to the ability to detect neutrinos and the exotic vehicles, I provide a documentation that shows that this is also a system for faster than light communications. In the past, Gary McKinnon has hacked NASA, found the off-world fleet, the list of captains, and it's apparent that if we have faster than light vehicles moving throughout the system, we're gonna need faster than light communications. This is that facility. Unfortunately, I have other bad news. The season that I was there, 2010 to 2011, we converted from uh, construction to operations and maintenance in both the elevated station and the detector array. Unfortunately, when they first fired it up, that was when we had the earthquakes in Christchurch, New Zealand. There's two incidental shots before they were able to target it correctly. This is an earthquake generating device as well. This is the weapons of war that we have to deal with now and what Raytheon's hiding. There's an ELF system at the South Pole Station that when I was arrived, I was told it was off, dismantled, and completely defunct. In my work, I will rapidly just tell you, I had to figure out the circuitry for certain other repairs, and I found that this system is in fact completely energized, up and running, and being utilized with the other systems for nefarious purposes as well. The Atmospheric Research Observatory is uh, in what we call the clean air sector. I witnessed myself a very powerful green laser shooting out of the top of this facility into the cosmos. This, I believe, is a secondary form of long-range communications and or a defense system. A question of power comes into play for all of these facilities that are present. I assure you, I knew what was going on. I knew the load demands of the facility, and all of these new items exceed the demand for the systems that I was presented. I am doing due diligence and research. I believe there is either a secondary power supply there that is either nuclear that uh, was there prior 
to the start of the Antarctic Treaty, which prohibits such things, and or that there is some sort of exotic uh, power supply system there that just is not in the verbiage of the treaty, so it negates the responsibility to the parties involved. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. This is about, um, but then a bit of a study about children and um, parents thinking that their children would not open doors or go into places that they shouldn't with strangers. This is a bit of an eye opener, actually. Listen to this, although you can't see it visually. Get caught texting strangers on TikTok. Get over here. What's wrong with you? What has happened, the parents have set them up on a, um, like an investigation sort of show, and then the parents are there like, you know, like, yeah. At the end, it sounds a bit dramatic, but it's the dad that's in the van. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. How can you do this? You're 12 years old. This guy's 20 years old. You could have been murdered. We already lost your mother. What would I do if anything happened to you? Daniel, you're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We set up a fake profile on Snapchat and you were stupid enough to go and meet somebody you don't know? You went to meet somebody with schoolwork in a backpack. Yeah, okay, let me see what's in the backpack, Daniel. It's awfully heavy, Daniel, for schoolwork to be... Wine? Daniel, you... You took a bottle of wine from our house. You're 12 to meet a strange person in a park. All of you, what were you thinking? He said that there was candy downstairs. I don't care what he said. If there was a million dollars downstairs, why would you talk to a stranger, number one, go into their house and go into the basement? Help me! Help! What the f*** you Did he tell you don't do this on Facebook? Watch who you're talking to. Don't you know? You never know who's in there. Now, what do you do if I don't find you anymore? I'm out having dinner. Can we just talk about this? Now, what are you doing in here? Why? Yeah, pretty far out. You never know, guys. You really watch your children as much as you might have faith in them. Now to a new warning. Ever listen to this warning? Hey, hey, welcome to the room, Rick. Ever listen to this warning? Warning about, um, what do they call them, barcode thingos. From the FBI about QR code QR scams. Codes. The agency says in the last year there have been about $150 million of reported losses involving fraudulent QR codes. Eva Pilgrim is here with details for us. Good morning, Eva. Good morning, Robin. You see them everywhere these days. All you have to do is open your phone's camera, point it at the code, and you're able to go directly to a website. It takes seconds. Most of them are fine. But this morning, a warning. Scammers now using QR codes to steal your personal information and money. Uh-oh. Erica Pinder of Atlanta noticed something was off in her local parking garage. It was like extra shiny, um, like it had been like recently laminated. I could see like it wasn't really a part of like the fancy signs they have out there. And then I was able to just peel it right off. Uh, Scammers yeah. putting fake QR codes over the real ones, hoping to trick parking garage customers into transferring them money. They're moving fast. You'll have to be... 
Ah, they're trying everything these days, guys. They're just trying everything. It's just unbelievable. Just never ends. Never, never ends. Originally, when we started studying Pegasus in 2016, uh, a target would have to click on a link sent via SMS in order to facilitate the infection of the phone. If you didn't click on the link, the phone wouldn't get infected and wouldn't be able to be monitored. But around 2017 or 2018, NSO Group appears to have released a major update to the Pegasus system, which allows governments to hack into phones with a so-called zero-click technique. This means the target does not need to click on anything. They don't need to take any action. Their phone could be sitting on a table. Uh, one minute it's fine, the next minute it's hacked. And once it's hacked, the government can access everything on the phone. They can get messages, they can turn on the Sounds microphone great. and listen into conversations happening near the tele- Pegasus, there's no doubt about it. Yep, Project Pegasus. Let me ask you this, if I were to take a child and I fed them mercury, formaldehyde, aluminum hydroxide, which causes brain inflammation, beta-propanolactone, which is a carcinogen that can kill in small doses, fetal bovine serum, aborted fetal cells, E. coli and acetone and put it all in a little cake, would that child be saved? Would they be helped? No. I would be a criminal, not some hero in the medical community, but apparently if you have one of these quacks in a white lab coat injecting children <laughs> with this, they're seen as a savior of these children. Makes you think. Sounds yummy, doesn't it? Yummy, yummy. Put some in my Let tummy. me ask you this. If I were to take a child and I fed them mercury, formaldehyde, Aluminum hydroxide, which causes brain inflammation, beta-propanolactone, which is a carcinogen that can kill in small doses, fetal bovine serum, aborted mm -hmm. fetal cells, E. coli, and acetone, Yummy. and put it all in a little cake, would that child be saved? Would they be helped? No. I would be a criminal, not some hero in the medical community, but apparently if you have one of these quacks in a white lab coat injecting children with this, they're seen as a savior of these children. Makes you think. Makes you think, doesn't it? It makes you bloody think. A new SOS human trafficking hand signal has been developed so that victims can discreetly bring awareness to themselves. It's the two finger, you, you stick up your freaking get up, get out of your finger and your other little finger, your pointer, and you do a little twist with your wrist. And that'll alert people to know that you're being abducted. Live on Channel 5, this is the 10 o'clock news with Deborah Norville. Coming out revealing secret negotiation between the Nazis and the Zionists in 1933, which allowed German Jews and their assets to go to Palestine. Rich Samuels joins us tonight with the story of the controversy behind the book and the author's struggle to write it. Rich? Deborah, with the rise of Adolf Hitler to power in the spring of 1933, the Jews of the world were faced with a dilemma. They could raise a cry of protest, a cry few would heed, or they could make a deal with Hitler, a deal that would bring a step closer their dream of an independent Jewish state. The choice they made was difficult and agonizing. This new book describes that choice. The book is called The Transfer Agreement. We don't want to talk about that at the moment. What about uranium glass? It's called baseline too many glass. Jews in the chat room. Vaseline? See how names are changed around people. so that you would never look up something like that. If you look up Vaseline, you find petroleum. 
But if you look at yeah, this is look glass. at baseline glass, you find uranium glass. dioxide glass. And this is an interesting one because it glows green. Uranium dioxide glass glows under a fluorescent bulb. Body it's a very hell. special type of glass. And you can look up all of this it's and trippy. find it. But it's interesting because you start to think, hmm, there's certain things we're supposed to stay away from. And I wonder why that is. And the baseline glass has an X amount of uranium inside of it. Now, I'm just going to say, this is just my opinion. Look into baseline glass and all the old glass pieces. Bloody hell, that's some deep thinking, guys. What about some pyramids in the Antarctica? Have you ever heard about that? The pyramids down there are, are a lot they're a lot bigger than the oh, ones in the super megalithic. Like they make the one in, at Giza, the Great Pyramid, look like uh, you know a, 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 a buggy, a dune buggy. I mean, these things are super massive. Do you know anything about them? No, there's not a lot. There's only a couple things we know. Like one of the pyramids is two kilometers by two kilometers by two kilometers by two kilometers at the oh, base. Oh wow! Okay, the height is just you know it's massive. It's just it's it's way up there. Like you know it's in the thousands of feet. But also, one former military person that was a um, a uh, a source for Linda Moten Howe. This was on a documentary she was in. She said that that source told her after going down there for research, I guess in private security, that it was still emitting some type of exotic energy, which is pretty interesting because that was the second time I heard a statement like that. This the first time was on a documentary that came on Discovery Channel about the Bermuda Triangle when they found those pyramids off the coast of Cuba down there, right? Which is clearly scanned. Everybody knows that they, they exist. But this guy was taking a little, he would get off the boat and take like a dinghy out to float to the center area. And he said the same thing. Some type of exotic energy was draining his batteries on his cameras. He had to do try it three times to get this thing recorded properly. He said exotic energy. And what's interesting is if you take um, a perfect line and draw it from the tip of the Bermuda Triangle, the center of the Bermuda Triangle, straight through the Earth, you come out at the Yonaguni Pyramid at the Dragon's Triangle in Japan, which is also rumored to have uh, disappearances and exotic energy and all this other crazy stuff. So in some way, these pyramid structures around the world are all linked with Things potentially a little bit portals strange. of some type or energetic portals. Things are getting a little bit strange. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. Here's a song for Reggae Rocks. Hello, darkest MSM. I've come to face you once again. Because the horror steadily streaming. Grew seeds of fear while I was sleeping And the nightmares you planted in my brain Were sustained When you signed the science In quarantine I walked alone the halls of my own home In the halo of a hazel cone I wore a mask cause I was in that throne 
bit of truth in a song you know sometimes Rico Rocco's we have some issues in the um, pod ream community and when I come up against these this is what I play to get my blood boiling a little bit if you know what I mean this is what I do in the background turns around and says, well, Osman, I've got something for you. How about me and my buddies from the US Navy get together and we do some sort of controversial dance. But on this one, we're not doing that. This is for you, Ricky. We were both in Skull and Bone, the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? 
conspiracy theorists are going to go on. Freaking Monty, a bloody hell. That ripped me off, actually. That ripped me off. Rico, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Yeah, he's, he's saying, yeah, right. What are you going to do now, Oz, man? Well, I'm going to take you to the 3D people and why they can't comprehend the 5D dimension. Hey, eh? Do you want to hear about that? I'll tell you about it in a two-minute summary. Ah, yeah. I'm surrounded by very intelligent people in 3D who can't comprehend 5D. This is so true. Now, why is this? It's because 5D is not intellectually through the mind. 5D is through the heart, right? So people that are very intelligent, they usually do a lot of schooling, right? And the more schooling they do, the more indoctrinated they are. And the more indoctrinated they are, the more they're stuck on these 3D timelines. 5D is literally about getting out of the mind and getting into the heart and starting to feel, okay, mm. 5D, starting to feel unity with everything. It's the about breaking chakra. down the ego, okay? In 3D, especially people that are very intelligent, they're very usually egoic, Right, because they have all this education, yeah, they build up this big ego around who they think they actually are. So that all needs to break down for them to come into 5D. And for a lot of people, they just simply don't want to do that. It's terrifying to break down all this false aspect of who you are, especially if you've done all that schooling. Right? I did a 30-year career, and when I quit that and started to become an entrepreneur and be a health coach and teach... Hey, and also abstain from sexual um, gratifications. It'll help your um, your whole second level. It'll bring you up from the lower chakra up to the higher chakra as well if you want to start getting involved in these tactics and issues. There's no doubt about it. It makes sense as well, of course. The ascension... That person who I was for 30 years, that person had to be dismantled. And that shot me into my darkness of the soul for 18 months. And I was literally, I couldn't do anything. I could barely get out of bed. I think I slept 14 hours a day. I mean, I'm sorry. It does sound, you know, from someone a bit older, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah that sounds easy. But when I'm a 30-year-old, robust, you know, sort of stud, you know, what do I do here, you know? But it's it's everyone's own path keep going there but i'm just telling you you're going to live in that lower chakra that's the problem you've got a choice and um you just got to work out what to um flow with or fight i guess it was absolutely some of the most challenging work i've ever done going through that dark night of the soul I mean, that is the dark night of the ego that is the ego dissolving literally okay and as it dissolves it's a it's a part of you that's literally dying it feels like you're dying but on the back side of that is true liberation because you start to come into your higher self and you, you've broken down all the false aspects of who you thought you were. I often wonder sometimes, is that why people um, 
between their 50s and 80s, you know, they have this thing of knowledge or a, a profit sort of aspect about them. Is it because of their lack of um, certain aspirations and the sexual connotations and stuff? And they, um, so they're, they're fluid, whatever you, I forget the name of it, um, that goes up through the spine when you open up your kundalini. Sarah, something, Sarah, Sarah, fluid, serum, serum thrill or something like that. And it cultivates more in your heart. Yeah, it would it would make a lot of sense, you know, from being abstinence. Even like, it's really weird, like even Jesus said it is better for you to become a eunuch. Something about that, I remember that scripture, to enter the kingdom. And that's pretty much cutting your balls off. But this is a different level. I mean, this is probably more down Qigong. What would you say that, Rico? You're welcome to call in if you want to talk to me. Yeah, you're most welcome. I mean, you'd have to type. But I think it's Qigong that cultivates that sort of um, energy. And um, they actually hit themselves in the nuts. <laughs> I can think of better things to do than that. Have you seen that? Where they'd stand there in the horse stance and they're freaking whacking them, kicking them in the nuts, man. I'm like, oh my God, I, I can't watch it. I look on a... On the side. Yeah, yeah, man. Look up Qi Gong Kung Fu or whatever. Yeah, man. They're kicking it. The, they're kicking themselves right in the freaking Harry Butlers. It's freaking unbelievable. Oh, the guy's standing there going, <gasps> every time he's getting kicked. I, was like, I think there was one of them they were using actual wood, swinging, swinging trunks off a tree, and they were hitting themselves with it. Oh, that might have been more showing for the abdomen, I think. But I'm sure there was another one I've seen when they were hitting. They had like this swinging mechanism. I know they've got it, but I'm sure they used it for the testicle as well. Whereas it swung down on the angle, it had fucking hit them in the nuts. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's this? Whether you're trying to calcify, like get some, what what is the purpose of this? You know, I, I think I'd rather go out on a date and have a, bottle of you know whiskey and stuff like that and just chill out for some rice wine but now they're out there whacking themselves and bloody hell puts a new terminology to whacking yourself i guess bloody freaks me it always amazes me i have some friends that are super intelligent as well and i can't have these deep conversations with them they logically can't understand 5d right because they can't get out of their mind if you can't get out of your mind you're never going to be able to figure out 5d because you have to feel 5d right this is really comes from the heart let me know in the comments does this ring true to you do you have friends that are very indoctrinated very educated and they just don't know how to get into 5d i want to know have a great day Much what do you think about this um uncle uh like nephew or i'll call you nephew um what about this one where you're thinking about things, you know, how, you know, how, hey, how you going, Eric? Good to see you, mate. You know how you think about constructions and things like that with thought. What if five dimension is virtually in that realm that we don't see, but we know that it's real? I mean, we don't see construction of plants, water, and all these from connotations. Like if you say, you know, with the rice and that um, 
Ikinoa or whatever his name was in Japan done that study and, and and there's been many many others that have done it in their own house you know you say I love you to a, a bowl of rice and you know that study neglect one and, and call one bad names same with plants plants pick up on that they've done a study man like with plants all right they had um, three people walk through the room and one would come in and um, touch it and, and say hello and all this and um, be nice to it and one would just ignore it and one would come in and strangle it, you know. Yeah, gotcha. And have you seen that study? Hello, South Osman. Thank you for having me on just for a quick topic here. Very fascinating topic about this plant plant stuff. I haven't seen that study in particular, but I have heard a, a study they did where they played chewing noises, the sound of a caterpillar chewing on leaves next to certain plants. And just from the sound of a caterpillar chewing leaves, even though they weren't actually chewing them, just the sound of it, the, the plants sent other plants near it, signal of danger. And then let off the pheromone that makes them distasty, untasty. And and it wasn't even off of eating them, actually. It was just off the noise of eating them. How the hell did they hear it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that that's that's like another study they done in um, Africa where the giraffes eat a certain tree and they do the same thing. They let off like a pheromone or something and it creates a bitterness in the leaf so that they won't all get eaten. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But I thought it was fascinating that it didn't even take the actual physical chewing. It just took the sound, which speaks to like, do they have ears or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a resonance with the bees, apparently, in recent studies that I've seen, where if a bee goes and even pollinates, the um, other bees know that it's already been pollinated through resonance, you know. So it's all about a, like a resonance sort of frequencies and shit. It's already Makes said, sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't got the nectar here, so don't even bother coming here. You know, it's really weird how that plant life works. Yeah, it's fascinating, actually, really fascinating. Yep. Yeah, some people are starting to think that vegetarians are going to feel bad if they realize that plants have consciousness and feelings. Mm. That they're going to be like, crap, we can't well, eat them either. Proven that they do. I mean, in another study, they done a, a lettuce getting chopped and they put sensors on a plant in the background witnessing it and it started um yeah letting out electrical magnetic fields of you know anguish that it was it was witnessing wow, that's crazy this other plant getting chopped up and it's the same with that one that i was talking about with that study where they three of them walked through the door and they um the plant would always after they'd done it for a while i think it was two weeks the study was so every time one of them was mean one was nice and all that and this plant would actually pick up the um, the person without them even being um, naughty to it. You know, it would pick up their frequency. And I heard that there was a court system that they used over in America just recently to try and analyse through that sort of process of what the plant would pick up in a, in a line of a couple of people. And they reckon it's, it's pretty successful, actually, like to um, to use a plant like, it sounds weird to us, but if you had a pot plant in a homicide and if you put um, uh, signals on it 
it would make sense that once that person walked in and witnessed, you know, their loving family or just slaughtered, the plant would pick up on the person. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. And it makes me grateful that I'm a complex organism, not a simple organism, because I feel like a simple organism is doomed for just out of control torture. Like we could plant all these plants like a mono farm of agriculture. And we could just, it's pretty much committing Holocaust if they have feelings. But us as a, a more conscious, complex being, we're harder to, to take advantage of. Although, as we, me and you both know, many humans have been corrupted and enslaved, but it's a little more hard when you're complex. I think I think that's one thing. Hearing about these plants is making me grateful to be a, a self-sufficient human that can at least recognize the the powers that be. Mm. But I'm sure they're doing stuff like that to us too, man. That makes me wonder if they're playing like frequencies and psychological emotional warfare with us through indoctrination of school structures and teaching us like through Hollywood, like, oh, be happy when this happens. Be sad when this happens. Like they're getting, they're playing with our, they're tweaking and controlling our emotions through media instead of through just direct action. Like instead of rounding us up and beating us in the streets, they're they're manipulating our our environmental and our, our sociological environment. That's in it, something like that. Oh, yeah, they're, they're messing with everything, man. I mean, they're messing with our minds. They're messing with our food. I mean, most of the shit that you take these days is just a toxic concoction of crap, you know, even down to your bread, you know. It's all sprayed with shit just to make it the wheat, you know, for produce, potatoes or certain things, you know, that are highly um, toxic. Just little shit, you know what I mean? Oh, hell yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Heck yeah, man. That's why it's like, so important to cook. So important to cook right, like correctly, because you can cook a lot of this shit out of the food, but if you're not careful, you definitely will eat all that shit. Hmm. It's very hard to become pure, man. Like in this day and age, like and we're spray from the sky with it, whatever the freaking hell they're spraying. Well, we know at least three chemicals: barium, strontium, and platinum. So, you know, what's um uh, silver? You know, I mean, um, what do you call it? Um, it's Yeah, something with silver, silver flakes. I think, dude, I think it probably dumbed us down a lot. I think it probably weakened us a lot. Mm. Well, look at the, the generation. Look at us. We're a bunch of freaking pustars, mostly, compared yeah. to 20, dude, 20, 30. A bunch years. of retards. Well, look at it. Oh, yeah, dude. Think, think about the really? yeah, country builders. We're no country builders. We're we're just citizens. Like, the, the generations before us were nation builders. Fucking, like, government builders. Like, they were able to build constitutions and and found cities and we're sitting here fucking just going to mcdonald's like jesus christ yeah yeah it's crazy i mean it's on the female level as well i mean the both being dumbed down on both levels you know and everyone's been played oh yeah no. yeah the whole women's Dude, oh yeah and that's where it starts for the for they the corrupt the women and they corrupt the children and then the men have to follow yeah well, what's the best way to break up families, you know? All this shit that the, everyone's pumped into their brain, you know, on these social medias. And, and see, mo most of them have left their husband already before they leave these days. Back back in my day, you you know, it'd just fall apart, then you'd meet someone. But I, I find most of the time, someone, have you noticed that, that most of the time someone's already met someone online 
another bum sitting behind a freaking screen, which is stupid. <laughs> so they expected they're going to make, yeah, they're going to have a nice honeymoon for three to six months, and then what's, what's going to happen in their relationship? They were both screen bums, so they're both going to be sitting on some sort of platform, Facebook or whatever, being another screen bum in six months' time. Simple as that. It ain't going to Oh, 100%. Not to talk shit about Chris Wilson, but that's what Chris Wilson, Chris Wilson's problem was. He was just trying to find love off of screen bums. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but he he was he was gullible for doing that because most people know that he, he was just a, a sad man looking for love, pretty much. You know, I don't think it was malicious. Yeah, well, do gullible? I don't even think it was gullible. I think it was it was blatant, yeah. dis dis conscious dissolution because. Conscious, uh, I forgot the word there, but you know, inside the word, it was like he was ignoring it on purpose. It wasn't even that he was unaware, had no clue. Because I sat him down, I sat him down one time, and I read him just a list off the internet of all the things that internet scammers do. And I was like, everything you just told me that your girl told you, this is a script. And I read him the script online, and like just letting him know about scammers. Like I, I sat him down and gave him a whole lecture on like online scammers and catfishing, and he just didn't care. Mm. I must admit, though, he sounded really old um, last time we spoke about five months ago, and he come on, and it was like, yeah, he did. He aged like huge. What I heard him last, got that yeah, no. voice sound and everything. It's just like I, I don't know, man. I think he's sick. I think he's he's got a sickness. I don't think he's got much time. What the sounds of him. Oh, definitely, definitely. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. It's a, it's a. I think if we get into health, there, there's a, a, a. I think it's a compiling, compounding th- bunch of different variables that make a person healthy. And I got to know him pretty well. And uh, oh yeah, dude, it was unhealthy as shit, dude. His diet, his environment, all these things that will fuck you. Because it's like you have to, you have to be careful with shit like that. Like he was hanging out in a garage. Not just to make this about Chris Wilson, but he would be hanging out in a dusty garage all night on Podbean. But it's like if you're breathing in garage dust all night long, that's not good for you. I would I'd tell him like clean that shit out, like dust out the garage. Like don't just be sitting in a dusty ass garage all night. Like, you you know like not not only Chris but all these politicians and all these. People that have aspirations like Bill Gates and that, all right, they're all getting up around their sixties, maybe seventies. Why on earth would you even bother? I mean, seriously, like for Chris, why would he even bother meeting or, or planning on getting a boat company and and going on the high seas and away from you know Armageddon and all this other crazy shit? I mean, to me, I, I'm. I'm fifty. I already feel like I'm on death row as it is. Like what? Would so you ain't going to Mars. So if they say there's a free ship to Mars, you ain't going. No, I'm not going to Mars. But I'm saying, what? What is the mentality? Oh, come on, South Austin, you can be part of the first group of humans on Mars. Let's go right now. Oh, so I can't have a, a decent conversation. Is that what you're saying? I'm asking. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, like it's a young man's dream to go to a different planet. Is what my point to, to oh, kind yeah. of validate your I point. Think, I think it's great if you want to do that and go for it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But yeah, if you're 75, dude, just stay on Earth. Like, fuck. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, when you get to a certain age, it's just like, well, I just want to be comfortable. I don't want no shit. I don't want no stress. Whatever. Yeah, probably around late 60s, you probably start settling down. Probably. Mm. I just don't understand this. 
I want I want to do this, I want to do that with his perspective and and in endeavors is like, well, you're nearly dead, man. Like, seriously. Um I think people forget. I think people forget all the good times they've ever had, and then they feel like they didn't have them, so they feel like they need good times before they die. But they're forgetting the lifetime of breathtaking moments that they've already yeah. were blessed and gifted with and and achieved and it's if they were just to like slow down and realize who they were and what they've done in that 70 80 years maybe they wouldn't feel like they're running like that their life was i feel like i hear a lot of sad desperation in those older people who are trying to like find love again and do this and do that and travel it's, i feel like a, a a desperate a desperate attempt to give themselves the last hoorah like one last bang before it's all said and done uh, i mean I, I, I'd hate I'd hate to use his personal life as as an example, but um, seriously, he's at his age, and it, it's it's not like she's running in and bashing him up and all that, you know. It's a time where you've only got probably you know two to ten years, if you're lucky, out of your life. What would you want to go to all this problem on ships and um, go overseas and? go to Bangkok or whatever and, and do all this crazy yeah, shit. I, I, it does make some sense, though, because you think about it, they say if you retire, you die. Like, what if he's just trying to outdo the game? Like, knowing that if he stops, he'll die sooner. So he has to, like, force himself to, to all these dreams and, and actions and plans just to keep his body motivated to continue. I don't see it like that. Yeah, I don't see it like that. I don't necessarily see like that, but I could see something like that because they do like one of the things that I think about a lot is this whole concept of the second you stop having something to live for, you die. Like that shit scares me. Like it scares me that I don't have kids in a family because I feel like that would keep some people motivated oh, to absolutely. live. Like if you don't have nothing, then what's life about? Like oh, you don't yeah, have something yeah, to live absolutely. for. Oh yeah, yeah. It's my my children have kept me alive and or yeah, changed my outlook on things and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but see, Chris Wilson's kids don't want nothing to do with him, so he's like, "Shit, I need something to, that's to pour his. I think he needs something to pour his love into," and uh, he's found it in all the wrong places, unfortunately. But yeah, it makes sense that you need something to destroy. I've been pretty blessed though. Like, only one's gone a little bit off trail, but nothing to hate or anything like that. It's just, yeah, we're, we're good mates still, you know. But um, yeah, it's it's he's he's got malicious, like he's got stealing and shit, you know like involved in his genre so yeah he's a it's different level you know like on every everyone you know we all have shit with yeah just the way yeah i like them as a friend but but i actually like he was an amazing case study i hate to say that about somebody i was building a a relationship with in a a platonic sense but i really was like when i was talking to him constantly it really was a fascinating case study of human psychology for me to watch like how he felt about his lifetime and then like all the things he was giving excuse to all the things he was yearning for like he was fascinating in order to just to get to pick apart yeah he lost his vigor though man like he, he lost it all there's something happened to him i don't know what it was but he's he just he's well, i don't know real quick i hope i didn't have something to do with that because i i was not being i was being pretty aggressive with trying to shine a light on his problems to himself and that sometimes is destructive to people like if someone's 
in the, a daydream and you're just trying to keep ripping them out of it. Like, no, look at reality, look at reality. And I, I think I was, I was doing that a lot to him. Like, I was like, quit fucking with these catfishing girls. Da, 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 da. I was like, quit blaming your daughter for selling the house. It was your fault. Now I stopped. I was like, you have to take self responsibility, Chris. And like, I was constantly on his ass about taking, like, I was trying to fucking save his ass, really. And uh, it could have backfired a little bit. Hmm. No, well, I hope he's all right. I haven't known from him for bloody, geez, six months maybe since or since we were on five months ago. How is he going? Yeah, dude, he's been on. He's been on. Have you heard much of him? Well, I I heard I talked to Can't Sleep. I, I talked to Can't Sleep one two three a couple months back, and she said that they still she, he still messages her every day. Oh yeah. He's, he was. Yeah, so I was like, that's how. Yeah, he had a fascination. He didn't give a fuck about the homies. He just wants the bitch. He just wants the bitch. Because uh, I think he had the girl and the mother. You had a bit of conniving things maybe going on there. That was a wild time, dude. That was a wild era in the Rico Rock show, the Can't Sleep era. Oh, my goodness. What Chris was It sort of reminds you of an Epstein Island freaking scenario, you know? Yeah, no, Chris Wilson, definitely. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Wilson Island. Dude, if I was can't, dude, like, luckily he's so old and frail. Like, if he was, if he was like 10 years younger, I would be fucking afraid for my life if I was can't sleep. Like, if he was a little more spry, he'd rape I'd be like, fuck, I'm going to get, dude, he'd come get your ass. I think he's a little too old for that, though. So, but give him like 10 years ago, I would have been like, can't sleep. Keep it by a gun. Buy a gun. Can't sleep. I know you're not straight, but buy a gun. <laughs> or a baseball bat. Yeah, buy a fucking maze. Buy a bear maze. <laughs> Poor Chris. Oh. So that's what I'm gonna let you get back to it because I'm I'm gonna walk to work here, but I'm gonna let you get back to it, man. I enjoyed the program. You have excelled yourself, and uh, yeah. great show. Okay. All right, mate. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna drop All right. back. Well, thanks for calling in. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get back to the old girl. Uh see where i was at ah that's it oh yeah i had i just finished this dude all right we'll go to the next one have a listen to this guys this will blow your mind this will blow your mind A giant humanoid found in the Antarctic. Packed with unnamed forces inhabiting our Earth's interior oh, regions shit. for the purpose of ruling the world. Western media... Oh, I went, went forward a little bit too much. I was trying to skip the intro because it's a bit long.
A truly bizarre Federal Security Service report circulating in the Kremlin today on the Foreign Intelligence Service asset arrested yesterday by Germany's National Intelligence Service for spying states that this German national has provided to Russian officials compelling evidence that the United States has entered into a secret pact with unnamed forces inhabiting our Earth's interior regions for the purpose of ruling the world. Western media sources reporting on this incident state that BND forces arrested a man identified only as Manfred K., age 60, stating that he intended to give the information he acquired over to a third-party unconfirmed reports say was, indeed, the SVR. Manfred K., according to these reports, was a civilian worker at the United States NATO Ramstein Air Base located in the German state of Rhineland-Pfalz which is the command and control hub for the Western Alliance's European Missile Defense Forces and headquarters of the U.S. Air Forces in Europe, and who had access to many top-secret documents. According to this FSB report, some of the intelligence turned over to the SVR by Manfred K. included maps produced by the German Nazi regime in the 1930s and 1940s detailing their underground bases located on the continent of Antarctica the most shocking of them being one that details in great depth our Earth's hollow interior and the lands that exist there. Important to note is that Germany has long been fascinated with Antarctica after noted German scientist Johann Carl Friedrich Gauss, 1777-1855, who is ranked as one of history's most influential mathematicians, stated that all of Earth's history, physics, and geography could only be explained by our planet having a hollow, and populated, interior with the entrances to it being located at both the North and South Poles. From 1901 to 1903 Germany conducted its first exploration of Antarctica in what is called the Gauss Expedition where they claimed for themselves vast areas of our planet's southernmost continent. Being fascinated with the discoveries made by German scientists during the Gauss Expedition the great American explorer Admiral Robert Edwin Peary, Sr. 1856-1920, embarked on a similar mission and in 1909 became the first man to reach the North Pole after which he was awarded the Imperial German Geographical Society Nautical Gold Medal, among many other international awards and honors. Based upon the discoveries made by both the Gauss Expedition of Antarctica and Admiral Peary's of the Arctic, the famous American scientist Marshall B. Gardner in 1920 authored a book titled A Journey to the Earth's Interior or Have the Poles Really Been Discovered? which he then presented to both the U.S. and German governments asking them to explain many things including How do scientists explain the fact that when we go north it becomes colder up to a certain point and then begins to get warm? How do they explain the further fact that the source of this warmth is not any influence from the south but a series of currents of warm water and of warm winds from the north, supposed to be a land of solid ice? Where can these currents come from? How could they come from anything else but an open sea? And why should there be a warm open sea at the very place where scientists expect to find eternal ice? Where could this warm water possibly come from? Why also should explorers find the inhospitable ice cliffs of the far north covered in large areas with the red pollen of an unknown plant? And why should they find the seeds of tropical plants floating in these waters, when they are not found in more southern waters? How should logs and branches of trees, sometimes with fresh buds on them be found in these waters, all being borne down by the warm currents from the north? Why should the northern parts of Greenland be the world's greatest habitat of the mosquito, an insect which is only found in warm countries? 
how could it have gotten to Greenland if it came from the south? Where do all the foxes and hares go which are seen traveling north in Greenland? Where did the bears go? Was it possible that such large creatures as bears could find sustenance on plains of eternal ice? How do scientists explain the fact that practically every competent explorer from the earlier days down to Nansen has admitted that when he got to the far north his theories of what he should find failed to work and his methods of finding his positions also failed to work? How do scientists explain these passages from Nansen which we have quoted, showing that he was absolutely lost in the Arctic region? How do scientists explain the migrations of those birds which appear in England and other northern countries one part of the year? in the tropics in another part of the year, but disappear entirely in the winter. By 1938, with the Nazis now in control of Germany, none of the questions asked by Gardner had been answered whereupon Chancellor Adolf Hitler ordered another expedition to Antarctica that lasted until 1939. What was discovered in Antarctica by the Nazis during the 1938-1939 Antarctica expedition remains to this day highly classified among all the top world governments with many speculating that a deal to end the war in Europe, World War II, was made between Germany and United States that allowed the Americans to gain German technology, atomic bombs, missile technology, jet fighter technology, etc., in exchange for allowing top German leaders, including Adolf Hitler, to retreat to their massive bases they had built in and under the southern continent. In 1946 the Western Allies led by the United States apparently attempted to retake Antarctica from the Nazis in what was called Operation High Jump. Though this mission was purported be for scientific reasons, numerous other reports state that these American-led forces were forced to retreat after having lost over 1,500 troops and suffering massive military material losses. Returning in 1947 to the United States, Admiral Richard E. Byrd, 1888-1957, the commander of Operation High Jump, is said to have warned that the largest menace came now from the South Pole because they had observed airships that could fly to impressive speeds. The importance of Admiral Byrd leading Operation High Jump was noted by American scientist Dr. R. W. Bernard who in his 1964 book titled The Hollow Earth The Greatest Geographical Discovery in History credited Byrd with discovering both the North and South Pole openings to the inner reaches of our planet and in his dedication stated, To the future explorers of the new world that exists beyond North and South Poles in the hollow interior of the Earth, who will repeat Admiral Byrd's historic flight for 1,700 miles beyond the North Pole and that of his expedition for 2,300 miles beyond the South Pole, entering a new unknown territory not shown on any map, covering an immense land area whose total size is larger than North America, consisting of forests, mountains, lakes, vegetation, and animal life. The aviator who will be the first to reach this new territory, unknown until Admiral Byrd first discovered it, will go down in history as a new Columbus and greater than Columbus, for while Columbus discovered a new continent, he will discover a new world. To if this FSB report is true, and the United States has now entered into a pact with those who inhabit our inner earth, it bears notice that the ancient symbol associated with these inner earth peoples is the oldest on earth dating back to very dawn of time from the ancient Indus Valley civilization but more well known for its last incarnation as being the hated and feared symbol used by the Nazi Germans called the swastika. Bang! 
every row, there's no doubt about it. Next on my little list. Ah, that was the one I already played. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excelling myself, there's no doubt about it. button guys sorry about that i don't want to sound like an alarmist but the australian federal government owes just short of a trillion dollars and the states added up together owe just short of 500 billion dollars that equals every person in australia including your kids have to pay back fifty three thousand dollars each that's every person in australia will have to pay back $53,000 each to get that debt back to zero. I don't know about you, but if I gave my money to a financial advisor and he came back with that sort of a loss, I probably wouldn't get, want to give him any money anymore. I probably wouldn't want to give him any money. Talk diplomacy anymore. And if you look at it over time, you don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to like it. As a matter of fact, I'd be better off if you didn't. But if you look at it as a plain, simple, what are the facts? If they say something, they mean something. If they say they're going to do something, they do something. Right. If they say this is a red line, don't cross it, they're not going to back it up. They're not going to back off from it. If they say we're not going to do this. We're not going here or there. Like um, media screaming, they'll be in Poland next. Right. There's no interest in that. They're going to invade you know, all of Europe. Yeah. They're coming into Alaska. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You. They want another, you know, what, 30 million welfare recipients on, on, on the rolls in Russia? Right. Because the, what, what else would there be? What else would there be? They need the land. The biggest country in the world, most resources in the world. They certainly don't need the land. They certainly don't want a bunch of people that don't like them. They, you know, try, you know, you're going to rule, you're appointed the governor over Antifa or BLM. Think about it. Do you want the job? No way. Can you talk about, let's talk about the intelligence here in the website. So, sure. What was the gestation process for you to launch this new news outlet? What were you? Oh, 
what struck you about okay there's a need for this what what void did you see that you said you know what we need we need these voices and we need to launch this uh to be a part of this independent landscape uh there, there are a few things if you look at the, the editorial board it's filled with people that um these are brilliant people that their voices have been pushed down and we're looking at policy people journalists activists we're looking at people all across the board they've been censored um they've been persecuted and prosecuted what is the reason why um they have something real to say um as a journalist i mean i was writing i was getting you know it's it's not um considered a ton but you know, a 70 to 90,000 reason article before I spent a year trying to build this, putting it together. And it's a place where all these people, these minds can get together, interact, and the focus is on, on um, getting what they have to say out. So it's supporting their platforms too, uh, which is something that um, I'm very, very um, adamant on. It's not just about, you know, pushing up the publication itself, but it's about supporting the journalists, the board, every way we can. Uh, the need for it is how many publications, good publications, really good ones, have gone under because they were deplatformed, demonetized, um, hacked. I've had publications hacked from out, out from under me because they were publishing me. Uh, that's happened on more than one occasion. Uh, can you It's just unbelievable how it works. You're saying the wrong thing. You're going to, it's just going to be hate crimes. You're going to have to have some sort of digital ID to even get on the internet soon, guys. I'd say within the next two years, you won't be on any platform without some sort of digital ID. Step by step, drop by drop. 
It is. The cat is already out of the bag, guys. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt What do you see as the biggest it. challenges in, in conservation? Yeah, the, the growing human population. Because if where we are, there's something else. And do you have views about what should be done about that? Not of guess. This is Dan Dix here reporting for Press for Truth. The video that you just saw was a clip of this man here, Prince Philip, who was asked to explain himself on his position about overpopulation. And when the reporter asked, okay, how do you suppose we, we, we achieve this, you know, go about solving the problem of overpopulation? And he responded with, can't you guess? Well, in case you guys didn't know, uh, back when this man died in 2021, some older quotes of his resurfaced in regards to his uh, position on overpopulation. And he once famously said this, guys, in the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus to contribute something to solving overpopulation. So needless to say, this man is a staunch eugenicist who believes in the absolute myth of overpopulation. And that's what it is. It's a myth, virus. Uh, There is plenty of room on this planet, plenty of resources for plenty <laughs> of more people on this planet. He might have come back as Miley virus. What a trip. It's like God said, go forth and multiply. Well, this man would have you believe otherwise. And when you really think about it, guys, there's only two ways to reduce the global population like he would like to see happen. You either increase the death rate or you decrease the birth rate. And from what I can tell, according to my research, both those things are currently happening simultaneously. And one of the ways that they're figured out that they can achieve this is through the controlling of our food supply. It's just like Henry Kissinger once said, and is famously quoted here, who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. I can't talk about the God issue because Muhammad's in the um, broadcast, you know what I mean? And who controls money can control the world. But let's take it back to step one. You control the food supply and you control the people. This is exactly why becoming a fully independent uh, uh, you know, uh, individual who has a self-sustainable organic garden that is not relying on the governments or the banks <clears> or the hello, Muhammad, peace be unto you. Grocery stores is the number one enemy of the state right now. Why do you think all the farmers uh, over in uh, Europe are revolting right now? As I covered in this video, let's grow. Farmers are uprising globally in the fight for food freedom. And another question. Why do you think before there were food. baby formula shortages, Bill Gates was backing lab-grown breast milk, folks? And in case you didn't know, Bill Gates also just happened. No, Muhammad knows more than me. He's um, he's my philosophical dictatorship man in the background, if you know what I mean. Ah, he's read the big books, there's no doubt about the it. The largest private owner the of big book. Uh, farmland in the United I States. I got our book. <laughs> there's that a big reason book. for that too, ladies this and gentlemen. And uh, Bill Gates was a staunch eugenicist as well, just like this man here. And just like Henry Kissinger, he understood about controlling the... F- That's what you said on that ain't a book. 
when I pull out my essays, I say, this is a book. Food means you can control the people. So as you guys may recall, I uh, reported on this last month. Massive amounts of tiny plastics have been found in uh, bottled drinking water. According to a new study that just came out last month, um, it discovered that bottled water contains up to 100 times more plastic than they had previously estimated. Uh, and then I reported on the startling new report that found times. hormone warping chemicals in 99% of food sold in American stores. Which... Oh, don't forget freedom that Japan has now produced their poo burger. So if you'd like to have a poo burger on your um, little uh, fluoridated freaking... Um, Agent Orange sprayed wheat bread, you you might enjoy a sandwich, if you know what I mean. Which may raise the risk of cancer, autism, and infertility. And, of course, uh, I reported on microplastics were being found in 90% of meat and plant-based alternatives. Then you can have your plant-based alternative that's been dehydrated and then flushed down the sewer into a concentration of sludge to reproduce a biodynamic fertilizer for your future crops. Welcome to the future. There's simply just no escaping them. I put out this video uh, last month, guys. Nanoplastics found in 99% of our food and water. But the governments are targeting off-grid communities? Uh, check the link in the description below if you haven't seen that video, guys. But again... That I don't think you've been pooing enough in the last 24 to 72 hours, Freedom. We might have to come in and investigate you or tax you for lack of poop. It speaks volumes to, you know, the fact that they, they are going after people who are, who are doing this as a way of, you know, dealing with all the, the toxic chemicals that are being pu pushed on us, the poisons that are, that are being pushed on us. And now, guys, we're seeing this new study which finds a little-known toxic crop chemical has just been found in four out of five people tested guys that means 80 percent of americans have just tested positive for a chemical that's been found in cheerios and quaker oats that may cause infertility and delayed puberty here is the study ladies and gentlemen a pilot study of chlamoroquat in food and urine from adults in the united states from 2017 to 2023 whoa, whoa, has shown that exposure to this stuff can reduce fertility wow. and harm the developing fetus at doses lower than those used by regulatory agencies to set allowable daily intake levels. So in other words, they are pumping us full of poisons right now <laughs> that are reducing our ability us, guys. to produce more humans on this planet. And it's not just localized to the West, guys. Potential carcinogens have Woo. just been found in almost... 90% of instant noodles. Hope you enjoy your instant noodles and your Cheritos tonight, my friends. Eh? While you're sitting there dying. They're killing you. Tested by Hong Kong's consumer watchdog. These are potentially cancer-causing substances that were found in 17 out of 19 samples, guys. So if you, if you are eating any of this crap, it's time to stop that as well.
And we're going to cover all of this, guys, and much, much more in this video. But really quickly, guys, before we do, I'd ask that you check me out here at pressfortruth.ca slash donate. If you appreciate my efforts to bring you this info, here you can do a one-time donation with PayPal by click, hey, uh, clicking there. You. Um, you can um, uh, sign up for a monthly reoccurring contribution by clicking like there. Out. You can also do that here at Subscribestar. You can send like Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. You can send an e-transfer to Dan at pressfortruth.ca or can send stuff to my P.O. Box, guys. Links for everything are located <laughs> in the description below. Thank you so much to everybody who does take one minute today to support me financially at pressfortruth.ca slash donate. All right, guys, let's jump right into this. This is crazy. Um, 80% of Americans have now just tested positive for this new chemical. Not, not new, but it's been increasing over the last five years um, in things like Cheerios and Quaker Oats that could be causing infertility and, de and delayed puberty. Four out of five Americans are being exposed to a little-known chemical found in popular oat-based foods, including Cheerios and Quaker Oats, that is linked to reduced fertility, altered fetal growth, and delayed puberty. I mean, again, let's take it back to the, the dreams and aspirations of, of, you know, the overpopulation guy, uh, Prince Philip you know, who said he wants to, you know, uh, come back as a virus and, and, and kill people. Well, <laughs> again, how can reduce, reduce the global population if not kill people? Man. Well, it's reducing the global birth rate. And I think, you know, reduced fertility, um, altered fetal growth. Imagine how batshit crazy in the head you'd have to be to even just think of that, let alone come up with it, or let alone even say it. What do you want to um, come back as? Well, I want to come back as a virus, if you don't mind. Or a rat. And delayed puberty are all things that are going to majorly contribute to a massive decline in childbirths. So, again, the, 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 this appears to be, you know, the, the eugenicist dream being carried out. Now, whether or not a lot of this is being done maliciously or a lot of this is being done just from, you know, company oversight because they want to just see the best of their bottom line. Is this, is this just uh, over-the-top speculation or is this someone that says, these people are bad shit crazy? I think they're can, crazy. Can be, um, really can be argued, but, I mean, the bottom line is this is obviously bad for people and it's leading <laughs> to a reduction in babies being born not to mention an increase in people dying. Uh, the Environment Working Group published a study in the Journal of Exposure of Science and Environmental Epi Epidemiology <laughs> on Thursday that found a staggering 80% of Americans tested positive for a formal, harmful pesticide called chlamoroquat, the highly toxic agricultural chemical yummy, is yummy. federally allowed to be used on oats and other grains imported to the U.S. According to the EWG, when mm -hmm. applied to oat mm -hmm. and grain crops, chlamoroquat alters a plant's growth, preventing it from bending over, thus making it easier to harvest. Um, just as troubling, we detected the chemical in 92% of oat-based foods purchased in May of 2023, including Quaker Oats and Cheerios, uh, the nonprofit said. So the companies, General Mills, which makes Cheerios, and PepsiCo, which makes Quaker Oats, both did not uh, respond to requests for comment. Now, here's the thing. Um, 
according to the data points, uh, this stuff collected 96 people between 2017 and 2023 shows a massive rise. It found higher levels and more frequent detections in the 2023 uh, samples, which would suggest that consumer exposure to this stuff is on the rise, despite the fact that they know that it's, you know, uh, leading to uh, fertility issues. For reference, Clamoraquat was detected uh, 69% in participants in 2017, then in 2018, 74%, and then it spiked to 90% in 2023. Um, and since it leaves the body typically within 24 hours, finding such a high concentration of this stuff in positive levels indicates that Americans are regularly being exposed to this pesticide. Or in other words, they are regularly being poisoned by this stuff in a, you know, slow, soft kill method, which, again, is, is the kind of stuff that this guy dreamed of. He openly talked about trying to kill people or reducing the global population. And that now we're starting to see uh, the, the, the vision of also uh, guys like Henry Kissinger who openly discussed how you can control people simply by controlling the food supply. Well, again, I, 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 would, I would remind you, why, why do you think Bill Gates is, is scooping up all the farmland at the same time that, you know, all these farmers are, you know, fighting against these, um, you know, environmental measures that are being pushed down on them? Because there is a war on food right now. Like I said, becoming fully uh, independent, self-sustainable with a, a self-sustainable organic garden is the number one thing you can do right now uh, to push back against the system and to protect yourself. This is like the number one you know asset moving forward. Forget about gold and silver and crypto. You know, having a fully functional, secured, organic heirloom seed uh, food source is going to be the biggest asset we can have moving forward, guys, especially when we see that they're not slowing down on this eugenics agenda as this new study just discovered these puberty blockers essentially <laughs> are being found in breakfast cereals. So just thought I'd bring all this to your attention, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget to, uh, if you haven't seen this one from um, last month, nanoplastics being found in our food, um, check that out, and the fact that they're trying to clamp down on off-grid communities, again, should really speak volumes about what we're uh, truly up against here. So just wanted to bring all of this to your attention. Be wary of what you're putting uh, in your body, and uh, tr try to you know do your best to work towards having an eventual uh, secured, self-sustainable food source. I think, as I said, that's going to be the biggest thing, the biggest asset you're going to have moving forward into this post-COVID-1984 nightmarish world that we're all dealing with. It's these uh, eugenicists like Prince Philip are, are trying to do everything they can to, uh, to essentially kill us. But, uh, you know, if we uh, make all the right moves, we can stay two steps ahead. And so I uh, just wanted to bring that to your attention, guys. Uh, once again, if you do appreciate my efforts to do so, don't forget to check me out here, pressfortruth.ca slash donate. There's a link located at the top of the description below. Um, thank you so much to everybody who does contribute. 
again, I can't do this work without you. And that's all for today, guys. I want to thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Don't forget to click that thumbs up button, share this video, and stay tuned. We're going to have more video reports coming soon. This is Dan Dick. Aspirin causes brain bleeds, causes stomach bleeds, and it causes eye bleeds. Cayenne pepper does not cause any bleeds. In fact, if cayenne pepper is going through your arteries and your veins and it finds any bleeding, it'll seal the bleeding blood vessel. How come it can thin the blood, seal bleeding blood vessels? Well, God said that he gave herbs for the service of man. So the cane pepper comes in and says, where would you like me? I'll thin this blood. Oops, I'll seal off that bleeding blood vessel. It's a powerful herb. The book, Back to Eden by Jethro Kloss, he devotes half a page to every herb and he devotes 10 pages to cane pepper. Cane pepper not only thins the blood, it strengthens the arterial wall. So anyone who has had damage from all the things that we talked about that caused the damage, they can be repaired. And cayenne pepper helps to repair that. The third thing that the cayenne pepper does is it opens the pupils. That's right. That's right. Bro, look at these clouds. What's going on? What is that? I can't believe I sat through a school safety meeting today and we went over alien invasion protocols, procedures. What to do if there's an alien invasion? Our county really gave us procedures for that. And honestly, I did not process anything that was said during that part of the presentation because I could not believe what I was looking at. Like, anybody else out there get alien invasion protocols? What to do with your students if there's an alien invasion? Just mine? Pretty trippy shit, eh? Imagine that. Alien invasion sort of things. It's like the, the Peruvian skulls, the Ghana skulls, the Mexican skulls, Syria skulls, the Egyptian elongated skulls. It's like bringing you into these sort of other really weird aspects of life guys if i were the prince of darkness i'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness and i'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population but i wouldn't be happy until i had seized the ripest apple on the tree the so i'd set about however necessary to take over the united states I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in 
how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. Somebody was asking if the Holocaust was fake, why didn't the German people proclaim it so stridently and uh, expose it? But uh, I know that you have a very good explanation for that. It's called, so was it fake? What does that mean? When Eisenhower's troops showed up at Ordruf, it was a real concentration camp uh -oh. and there were real dead bodies on the ground. When the British showed up at Bergen-Belsen, it was a real concentration camp and there were lots of dead bodies all over the place and they had dug trenches to throw them in because they simply couldn't bury this many people. <laughs> Why was that the case? Was there a the shit now, gas chamber in Ordruf? No, absolutely not. No one ever said that. Well, how did they die? Well, they died from disease. They died from typhus. Because you can't put people in a, in a situation like this with poor sanitation, uh -oh. bad water, and basically no food because the Allies uh -oh. have bombed all the rail lines and not expect them to get the sick and die. No medical care. Bloody that is yeah. more, even more so the case of... Sorry, guys. I'm getting to go into the unspeakable. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and, uh, why not? Bergen Belsen. The people, the, 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 the inmates at Auschwitz, the, when the Soviet army is approaching from the east, the inmates at Auschwitz were given the option to either surrender to the Soviets or to retreat back west 
to another <laughs> concentration camp, namely Bergen-Belsen. Most of them, including Ailey Wiesel, took the option of staying with the Nazis and going to Bergen-Belsen. The this problem is, is it was already sure, overcrowded, and then you got all these people coming in who are already it. sick uh, with typhus, basically, and typhoid. And it was a, 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 a medical catastrophe. That's real. But now you're going to call in Alfred Hitchcock. And he's going to make a propaganda film uh -oh. about how they died that is not telling the truth. Uh -oh. So what you have is a category of reality. Alfred. Yes, there were dead bodies there. With a super yeah, big, superimposed on that, a category of the mind saying they died because the Nazis uh, murdered them. Nazi, Nazi. Not true. I'm not saying Nazis didn't murder people, but I'm saying the mass graves that you're seeing there were not the result of gas chambers. Shut it, him did down. Not, it did not happen. Shut it did him not down. happen there. So what happened is next camp is uh, Buchenwald. After Eisenhower, Eisenhower now calls in the head of propaganda, General McClure, says, we need to uh, bring in all the congressmen, all the journalists, New York Times, and we're going to show them what the American troops are, or what we're fighting about. So they orca orchestrate a propaganda show uh, at uh, Buchenwald, which is outside of Weimar. They get ordered 2,000 people to walk from Weimar to Buchenwald. It's about six miles. And when they get there, C.D. Jackson, who was an important figure in American propaganda, down. Uh, who ended up working for Time Life and the CIA at the same time, holds up a, a lampshade made out of human skin, supposedly Jewish skin, two shrunken heads and an ashtray. <laughs> That's a category of the mind. Nobody in his right mind ever said that Germans shrunk heads. They got it out of a museum <laughs> where it was about Amazonian tribes. They're the one that shrink heads. That's what I'm saying here. So when you say, is it real, you have to make this type of qualification. Well, I've, I've dealt with that. That's, I've written another chapter. Uh, it will be published in uh, the next issue of Culture Wars. Uh, and it's about the expulsion of the ethnic Germans from the eastern provinces and the horrendous suffering that was inflicted on the German people that no one talks about. And I'm talking about innocent German people. Oh, this is, we have been so corrupted by Jewish propaganda and people telling us there are no innocent civilians in Gaza because they voted for Hamas or something uh -oh. like that. This is Jewish. It's not Catholic. Catholics have always said that there are non-combatants that you cannot mistreat. And that's who these people were. This, the German men were all in the army. And so now you've got old men, you've got women, and you've got children being forced out of their homes to walk through the snow hundreds of miles to get to Germany, and they died like flies along the way, and no one is talking about this. We and the Rhein-Wiesenlag and the Rhine Meadows, where the soldiers, German soldiers, were just basically left out in the open air, left to die, left to right. starve in the freezing that was a war crime committed by General Eisenhower. And so you now understand why General Eisenhower was so avid to create the Holocaust narrative, because it got him off the hook for the war crimes he had committed. It got the Air Force off the hook for the war crimes against the innocent civilians in Dresden, the firebombing of Dresden, which is the real Holocaust. That's why it happened. But the, the story of the German people, that has to be told, too. So the first plan, 
Right so now. what happens when the Hitler comes to power? The Jews run away, and now they come back looking for vengeance. Oh, now man. they don't have to fight the German army. Now it's just you innocent women and children, civilians who are down and out, and they come back. Seventy percent of the lawyers at the Nuremberg trial were Jews, and they Uh-oh. came back lusting for vengeance. Okay, yeah. that's what happened. That's the story that that also needs to be told. The first plan was called the Morgenthau plan, and that was to starve the Germans to death. At this point, the residual Christianity of the WASP ruling class kicked in through people like Herbert Hoover. George Patton felt this way and said, this is not Christian. This is Semitic vengeance, and we're not going to tolerate it. And so they kicked them out. Morgenthau got kicked out. And they brought in the Marshall Plan, which came with money. The Währungsreform, the currency reform, took place in 1948. And now the Germans have money, and that's great. But there's a problem here because now we're not dealing with this brutal form of Jewish vengeance to starve the people to death, to flood the coal mines and the Ruhr. Now we're talking about social engineering, and we're talking about sexual liberation as a form of political control. First time it's really used, uh, certainly by the Americans. The very, the same year as the Verongs reform, the currency reform, 50 tons of pornography come over the border from Uh-oh. Austria. Uh-oh. And now you have this huge battle. Everybody, 1949, 1950, <laughs> the big battle is the obscenity battle. And the Frings, Cardinal Frings, who stood up who defended the people, stood there in in Cologne as it was being bombed by the Allies, then told them uh, during das Hungerjahr 46-47 that they could take food out of the warehouses and it wasn't theft, and they could take coal from the trains if they had to heat their houses. Now he's saying obscenity cannot be tolerated in Germany. Wow. Well, this is a much more difficult battle, and Frings is an old man now, and basically what you saw over the 50s was the slow erosion of sexual morality among the German people. That leads to guilt. When the Jew comes around, he says, look, I know why you feel guilty. It's because your grandfather drove a train in Poland. That doesn't make you feel guilty. What they did was they basically engineered the sexual corruption of the German people by 1972 And then they said they engineered the guilt that came from committing sins against the Sixth Commandment and said it's because you're because you're Nazis (laughs) and because you're bad people. And the people who wanted that sexual liberation, who wanted to screw whoever they wanted to screw, went along with it. They got a license to do whatever they wanted sexually. And the price you paid for that license was admitting you were guilty of killing Jews during the Holocaust. And look at Germany now, like it's the ultimate gay disco. It's completely broken. I mean, I think, again, we can talk from experience that Northern Europe and Germany in particular, back in the 80s, you know, you I remember we would go over maybe on school tours and, and you would you would be aware that prostitution was visible in the streets. You know, the red light districts had all come into, had come into all the German cities and, 
and all of Northern Europe. And like to us coming from Catholic Europe, this was absolutely. Is that why freedom goes there so often? Just the most grotesque thing to see this, to see these women standing around, you know, half naked and right. selling their bodies on the street. You know, that that like political uh, sexual liberation being the ultimate form of political control is just just look no further than Germany. Of course, then all of the laws were introduced, obviously, Michael, to stop them. They weren't allowed to speak about their history and they would go to jail and still do if they talk, if yeah, they question. This, this is the irony. The more you have sexual liberation, the less you have freedom of speech. Take note, Ireland. That's exactly what's going on in your country right now. They they pass gay. Sexual liberation gives you no freedom of speech because with sexual revelation, you got something in your mouth. <laughs> Marriage. They pass abortion. Oh, and now we got hate speech. That's the next thing coming down the line. <laughs> it co it follows as <gasps> night from. Can't yeah, talk tonight. Exactly what happened in Germany. So they have maximal sexual liberation and they have absolute minimal freedom of speech. That's, they, it's not a coincidence. These two things go together. Aldous Huxley said that. And I mean, it's not just a matter of sleeping around. It's what sleeping around does to the fundamental unit of the family, of the of Catholic society, which is the family. The family must be the most important unit. And that means protecting property, protecting the family home, which is enshrined Protect. in our constitution. So when you turn people promiscuous, then the children are going to suffer. The, the wife and the husband or whoever is doing the sleeping around you know, who's going to be kicked out. Somebody is going to be, you know, the hell that this brings upon society, upon families, upon children. It's not just about being sexually free. It's about the hell that it brings upon, especially the innocent children involved. And, you know, then they need to go off and get a second mortgage and then they discover their girlfriend is pregnant and then they've realized, oh, all of that. Why did I do that? I had a perfectly lovely wife and yeah. lovely children who now hate my guts, and now I'm paying a second mortgage. So this is why Catholic morality is it protects everyone. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Experience keeps an expensive school, but fools will learn in no other. Correct. Ben Franklin said that. So now we're going to learn the truth of sexual morality, Catholic sexual morality, in the expensive Catholic school of experience. A lot of heartbreak and whatever else goes yeah. with that. We have to learn it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It's so sad. Uh, no, I don't want Catholic sexual morality. Yeah. So the second example of terrible government, fresh information about the disastrous blackout in Victoria. Victoria's worst ever blackout. It's looking more and more like a man-made disaster. And one that tells us Labor's green energy schemes are in fact a menace to all Australians. 80,000 homes and businesses are still without electricity. It's more than two days after 500,000 were blacked out. And the cost of this disaster is enormous. But I hear the state government say, oh, oh, this is just what you get with uh, this extreme weather. 
And global warming campaigners say, <laughs> look, it was actually a coal-fired generator, Luoyang, that went down when high winds knocked down some transmission lines in Victoria's west, causing the generators to trip because the system was so unstable. So coal is the problem, not wind power. But two things have become clear today. First, look at this graphic of electricity supplies in Victoria on Tuesday when a storm did hit. And you'll see around 1pm the coal-fired power nosedived. Coal is brown on this graphic down the bottom. It dived when those transmission lines came down, forcing the shutdown. And that's when gas-fired plants, that's the darker blue just above it, had to be fired up. You can see them coming in. And, and hydropower as well brought in. But look at the wind power supplies. They're in green at the top. Mm -hmm. They also crashed. And that's because lines are brought down and because too much wind really is too much for wind generators. And solar and yellow made close to no difference at all. So you see, this shows you how pathetic wind and solar <laughs> power is. There's a map of Australia and Chinese ownership. It's crazy. We've sold uh, huge farms, these massive, massive farms in the centre of Australia to China over the last uh, five years or so. What are the farms growing? Uh, cattle, uh, whatever. Mainly, mainly it's kind of uh, livestock. Yeah. The sheer area is what's crazy. The sale of a massive private cattle ranch to foreign buyers saying it was contrary to the national interest. The moment we as Australian people, we don't get any real benefit from that. We don't, the profits go overseas or the product produce mm -hmm. goes overseas. We're not really seeing any benefit for it. And that's, you know, if we, if we didn't sell it, if we leased it, completely agree. Live on Channel 5, this is the 10 o'clock news with Deborah Norville. Coming out revealing secret negotiation between the Nazis and the Zionists in 1933, which allowed German Jews and their assets to go to Palestine. Uh -oh. Rich Samuels joins us tonight with the story of the controversy uh -oh. behind the book and the author's struggle to write it. Rich? Deborah, with the rise of Adolf Hitler to power in the spring of 1933, the Jews of the world were faced with a dilemma. They could raise a cry of protest, a cry few would heed, or they could make a deal with Hitler a deal that would bring a step closer their dream of an independent Jewish state. The choice they made was difficult and agonizing. This new book describes that choice. The book is called The Transfer Agreement. This is Israel a few days ago, the season of Passover. And this is Germany 51 years ago, the blossoming of Adolf Hitler's springtime. A key factor in the vitality of today's Israel, the book's author argues, was an agreement reached in 1933 between a group of Zionists and the man who would later try to kill every living Jew. The great irony <laughs> is that Adolf Hitler became the chief economic sponsor of the state of Israel. It would be an argument against, and a wrong job. argument against Zionists. Some who lived through those times fear the response to this book. The parents of the author feared its very writing. When your son came to you and said he was going to write this book, what was your what were your feelings about his undertaking? I told him he's not my son anymore. Why did you say that? What about uranium glass? It's called the pyramids down there are a lot. There are a lot bigger than the oh, ones in, in, in Egypt. 
Like they make the one in, at Giza, the Great Pyramid, look like, uh, you know, a, 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 a buggy, a dune buggy. I mean, these things are super massive. Do you know anything about them? No, there's not a lot. There's only a couple things we know. Like one of the pyramids is two kilometers by two kilometers by two kilometers by two kilometers at the base. Oh, wow. Okay. The height is just, you know, it's massive. It's just, it's, it's way up there. Like, you know, it's in the thousands of feet. But also one former military person that was a, um, a, uh, a source for Linda Moten Howe. This was on a documentary she was in. She said that that source told her after going down there for research, I guess in private security, that it was still emitting some type of exotic energy, which is pretty interesting because that was the second time I heard a statement like that. This, the first time was on a documentary that came on Discovery Channel about the Bermuda Triangle when they found those pyramids off the coast of Cuba down there, right? which is clearly scanned. Everybody knows that they, they exist. But this guy was taking a little, he would get off the boat and take like a dinghy. Okay, well, we're going to have to end the broadcast as we're coming to the end, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us on the next episode. Strange days. Take care, all. Thanks for joining me on my little adventure. And, um, oy vey. Oy vey. Adios, amigos. Step by step, drop by drop.